Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, we're in the middle of a series called Legends. Somebody shout Legends. And I just want, while you're standing today, if we could just read in honor of God's word as you're standing, if you're able to stand, would you stand with us right now as we just get a chance just to read from God's word. I got 15 verses for you today. Is that all right for everybody today? Everybody handle that together? Okay, 15 verses. We're going to go through it together. We're going to be talking about a guy I think a lot of us have heard before. I think a lot of us know the story, but I think there's some stuff about this story that you may not know that we're going to talk through today. And it's coming from 1 Samuel chapter 17. The guy that we're going to be talking about today, maybe you've heard him or not, his name is David. Anybody ever heard of David before? Come on, wave at me. I think you have. Well, let's talk through what this idea looks like. It's coming from the Bible, from 1 Samuel chapter 17. I got 15 verses, so just get ready. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. I love it. Here's what it says. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. We all know this part of the story. This is what happens. It says, don't worry about the Philistine, this guy named Goliath, David said. I'll go fight him. And watch what Saul said. Saul replied, there's no way that you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. Watch what he says. He said, hey, I've been taking care of my father's sheeps and goats. Come on, sheeps and goats. Okay, there's an S on sheeps. Sheeps and goats. And when a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I would go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I would catch it by the jaw and I would club it to death. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, that's a bad man right there. Go ahead. That's a bad man right there. I know some of y'all think y'all are bad men, but I don't know nobody that's called a lion by the throat and said, come here, boy, I'm going to handle you today. David did, though. Watch. I love it. I love it. He clubbed it to death. He says, I- I've done this both to lions and bears and tigers. Oh, my. Right? Uh, I'll do it to this pagan Philistine, too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will also rescue me from this Philistine. Jump down to verse 40. It says, this. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and he put them in his shepherd's bag and then armed only with the shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight this guy named Goliath, this Philistine. And Goliath walked out. Watch what he said. Walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced little boy, this little clean-shaven, just a little guy. And he says this, he roared at David, am I a dog that you would come at me with a little stick? Come on, that's some, he called him a stick right then, right? He's talking some trash to him. Then watch what he says. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. But David replied to the Philistine, You come at me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And today the Lord, somebody say the Lord, 
the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I'll cut off your head. Okay, it's getting just crazy up in here today, right? And then I'll give the dead bodies, uh, uh, your dead body of the men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everybody assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear, because this is the Lord's battle. Somebody say, this is the Lord's. It's the Lord's battle, and I don't know what you walked in here with this week. I don't know what your week might have entailed, but I just had to declare that scripture over you right now, that whatever you're facing, whatever you're walking through, this is the Lord's battle. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to the attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. That boy is ready to go. I love it. He says, he's reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the field in the forehead and the stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground and the Bible says in verse 50 so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword how many of you know that this is a story about a guy that was willing to say you know what God I'm gonna do something that may seem radical I'm gonna do something that may be out of the box but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do what you call me to do because you're gonna give me the strength even in the midst of something that may not seem like it's a big deal. It may, may seem like there's no way possible that there's this guy named David that stood up in the face of adversity and said, you know what? I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for the things of God. And I just, I think we all know this story, right? How many of us, real quick, all skate, how many of us know this story? I think all of us have heard it, but I want to just challenge us today. I'm going to give it a different angle because I think a lot of us may not know from another side. I, I want to tell you that this story almost didn't happen. I know that's kind of crazy, I know it's kind of wild, but I think this story almost didn't happen. We're going to talk about it today together, but let's pray first. Believe that God's going to do what only He can do. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for everything you've done. Thank you for your word. Thank you for David and just this life that he lived. And God, I would just pray today that you would get glory, that you would be honored, that you would be praised in this place. We love you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Tap your neighbor as you're having a seat and say, man, David was a bad dude and so are you. So are you. So are you. So are you. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. Man, I'm so thankful for you. I'm glad that you're, you're at church today. You picked a great Sunday to be here uh, of any time. It's, it's a summer, and I'm really glad that you're in church. You could be out on the lake. You could be doing something. Some of y'all may be going after, but, but I'm really glad that you're in church today. And again, we're in this series called Legends. Everybody, one more time, shout Legends. Legends, and we've been just talking through this idea of legends of the faith that, that, that have happened, that we all know about, that we know about. But, but again, uh, where this whole idea comes from is from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It's kind of been our theme verse, kind of been the verse we've been rallying around over the last couple of weeks. And I just want to read it to us, just kind of get us all on the same page. Maybe you haven't been here the last couple of weeks. Go back and check out everything online. I'd encourage you to do that. But here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, and this is what the Bible says. It says, therefore, somebody shout, therefore. therefore. All right, every time you see that when you're reading the Bible, as we talked about over the last couple of weeks, you have to ask, what is this there for, right? Why is this here? And what it's doing is it's connecting what came before this to what's coming after it. Okay, so therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, 
And again, that word therefore is there because right before this, in Hebrews chapter 11, the entire chapter is just a, they call it the hall of faith, all right? And so there is just legends of the faith that, that literally they're telling their story, just a snippet of their story of by faith this person did this. By faith, this person did this. By faith, this person did this. People that we know, and as we've talked about over the last few weeks, and again, within, this, uh, within chapter 11, they actually speak about David as well. So what I want you to get is that what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say to you and I is that you've had all these people come before you in faith. Now I'm trying to link their faith to your faith. I'm trying to encourage you as you take this step of faith, as you walk out this faith that God that I'm calling you to do, God is saying, hey, I want to remind you of all the people that have gone before you and I in this thing called faith. That, man, you're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. And, again, he's telling us, hey, strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Hey, but hey, we at church, can we be honest? How many of y'all had some sin in your life that has tripped us up? I think all of us have been there. We're in this running, this race of faith, and what happens is there's some sin. There's some stuff that trips us up along the way. And he says, hey, just get rid of some of those things. you got to get rid of that that trips us up and let us run with endurance. Somebody say run. Run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, and I just want to just imagine this for a second. This whole series has been about this idea of just imagine that all of these people that have gone before us in the faith are, are, are in the grandstands. Let's just say we're at Roy Stewart Stadium, right? And all of us are on the track of faith that's around. And you know what we're about to do? We're running around the track, and this is a race that we're in the endurance. We're trying to just get through it. We're trying to just endure and do well in it and finish the race. And if you can imagine for just a second that the stands are full of people that have gone before us that have ran the race of faith, and what we've just talked about over the last couple of weeks is, hey, what if we pulled them out of the stands? What if we could pull one by one some of those guys and gals? Next week we're going to talk about this lady named Rahab. And two weeks from now we're going to talk about this guy named Moses. It's going to be great. Can't wait for that. But I want you to know that what if we pulled them out of the stands and they could run a lap with us? What would they say to you and I? Like what would they do to encourage you and I when it comes to our faith, when it comes to walking out this thing called being a follower of Jesus? And so the guy that we're pulling out of the stands today, as we've already read, is this guy named David. How many of y'all have ever used the David and Goliath reference when you're referencing anything in your life? Anybody ever been there? Come on, wave at me if that's you. I think any sports fan out there would say, you know what, hey, we understand this reference of David and Goliath. You don't even have to be uh, at church your whole life to understand that David was the underdog and Goliath was the, like the, the, the reigning champion, like he was supposed to win. And again, sports, they use that reference a lot. Anytime in life that it's kind of an underdog versus an overwhelming favorite, this idea of David and Goliath comes up. But again, as I said earlier, I want to just challenge you that maybe some of us don't realize that this story, this thing almost didn't happen. And I want to kind of give us some context for that because I want to challenge us in this idea that if David could come onto the track and run around it, what would he have to say to us? But let me give you a little backstory for who David is, how we get to this spot. 
that we read at the beginning of the, uh, of the message. So uh, if you go back and you go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you go back a few chapters before that, what you'll begin to understand and read when you're reading about this guy named David is that David comes from a house of Jesse, right? His dad's name was Jesse. And uh, so Jesse uh, has some sons, eight all together actually. And what begins to happen is, is that, that one day there's this guy named Samuel that is the prophet of God, all right? So he's speaking on behalf of God, and, and the people of Israel had a person that was leading them known as their king, right? On earth, there was their king, and what Samuel was going to show up to this guy named Jesse's house and say, hey, you know what, I need you to understand that the next king that's going to lead all of God's people is coming from your house, Jesse. How many of y'all know that's a big deal, okay? Like, this means yes in Kentucky. Come on, I know we're from all over the state. Come on, I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm really glad y'all are here uh, from everywhere, but this means yes in Kentucky. Come on, all right? Yeah, yeah, so that's a big deal. You know why it's a big deal? This changes generations. Okay, like this changes like, like your family like no longer is going to have to struggle. Your family is no longer under the radar. Like, okay, this is a big deal that Samuel is showing up to the house of Jesse. And what we find is that he shows up and what begins to happen is, is Jesse's like, hey, hey we got to get everybody in the room. We got to get everybody there because this guy named Samuel, the prophet, is going to anoint the next future king of Israel right here from our house. So you can imagine, have you ever been, uh, had, had like a, a guest come over, like kind of not unannounced, but they say, hey, I'll be over in five minutes. Anybody ever been there? And then you're like, oh my gosh. I got to clean the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you, you're throwing stuff in closets and shutting doors. I can just imagine the scene at, at, at their house of, man, they're scrambling around. They're, you know, they're, they're kicking puppies. They're doing whatever they can, getting stuff out of the way. Like, just, man, putting stuff in the closet. And I can imagine that, that as Samuel shows up to the house and Jesse has his sons lined up there in the living room. If you can imagine just for a second, again, I read the Bible through a little bit of an ADHD lens. Uh, but for me, just put yourself in that situation. They're in the house, and there's these sons lined up. And uh, again, this is a huge deal, what's going on in the family of Jesse and, and all of these guys. And so Jesse rounds everybody up, gets them lined up, and Samuel starts lining up all of these guys that are his sons, that are Jesse's sons. Think, oh, man, the very first one, his name is Eliab. Somebody say, that's a cool name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eliab, that's the firstborn son. He's the tall, dark, and handsome one, kind of like Justin Miller right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just tall, dark, and handsome. He, oh, man, he looks like a king. Right? If you go and you read, it's like, oh, my gosh, he had, he had the king, like, physique. He was ready to go. Like, oh, my gosh, that's got to be it. Just hands down, got to be the next king of Israel. And guess what? The Lord tells Samuel, hey, it's not him. It's not Eliab. Okay, okay. We're going to go to the next brother. Then we're going to go to the next son. Abinadab's the next brother, okay? So he goes to Abinadab. That's an even better name than the first one, okay? Like, oh, it's got a kingly name to it. It's kingly sound. He looks the part. He looks like he's got it all together. Like, he could be the next king. Guess what? Not him. Not him. He's not it. Now they go to the next one. Not him. Go to the, the fourth son. Not him. Not him. Not him. Not him. Not him. And he gets through seven of Jesse's sons, and he looks around and says, hey, I know the Lord told me that the next king of Israel is coming from this house. But none of these guys that are standing in front of me are the guys that are supposed to be the next king of Israel. And so what happens is Samuel asks, hey, hey, Jesse, like, again, I know God has confirmed that it's coming from your house. 
Do you happen to have any other sons? Do you happen to have any more boys in your family? I, I know the Lord has said the next king is coming from here. And watch what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. This is Jesse. This is the dad. And this is what he replies to Samuel when he asks if he has any more sons. Watch what it says. It says this. There is still the youngest, but he's out in the field watching the sheep and the goats. Right? He's out in the field watching the sheep and the goats. So, so, so let's get this straight real fast. The biggest day, just imagine yourself for a second, the biggest day in your family's history ever, just imagine, let's just say for instance, that it's like the President of the United States, doesn't matter if you agree or not, guess what, he's showing up to your house, I want you to understand that is a big day for your house, that's a big day for your family, and guess what, you don't even get invited to the party, how y'all feeling today, okay, like, like I'm feeling bad after that, I'm like, what the heck is going on, right, Jesse doesn't even invite David to come and be a part of the celebration of what's happening. But not even that. What is so crazy about this story, he says this. They're still the youngest, right? He doesn't even call David by his God-given and by his dad-given name, right? He just says, hey, there's the youngest. And essentially, what is David, uh, what is David kind of resp- or referred to as in this moment by Jesse? You know what? There's the runt of the family. Like he's, he's kind of, he's on his own. He's kind of out there. He's not really significant. He, he like, okay, what's he really going to do? And what I got to thinking about that is that Jesse doesn't identify David according to his potential, but according to his current position. That's what he does. And, and what I love about God is that God does not look at the outward appearance, but God is looking at the heart. And when God was looking for somebody to lead the people of Israel, he wasn't looking at what everybody else was looking at. He was looking at the character and the heart on the inside. And this is what I know about you and your life and in our world that we live in is that life will try to do the exact same thing to you and I. That life will try to do the exact same thing. It'll try and label you. You know what they'll say about you? They'll say, oh, you're too young to make a difference. Oh, you know, you're too old to make a difference. Oh, you know what? You screwed up way too much to make a difference. You, you come from that family. You come from that city. Like, you come from that school. No, no, no. You don't have a ministry job. No, no, no. You're just one dude. You're just one gal. You're just one college student. You're just one person. And there's the youngest. And what I know is that life will try to label you and I. Life will try and label us. But watch what happens in the story that I hope would encourage you today. If it keeps, if you keep reading, it says, hey, Samuel said, yo, send for him at once, right? Go get him right now. Watch what he says. We ain't going to sit down or eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. And watch what it says about David. David was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. I was reading my scripture this week. Um, not, not, this is the yearly Bible reading plan that I'm in. This week was, it was actually 1 Samuel chapter 16. And I never saw that description of David before. And the Lord said, hey, you know what? As soon as he walked in, you know what? That's the one. Somebody say, that's the one. That's the one. Anoint him. And so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil that he had brought, and he anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. See, I don't know what you walked in here with this week. Uh, June the 5th, I don't know what kind of label that you've been given by the world, I don't know what kind of label you've been given by your family, but if David could come on the track and encourage us with anything today, I think he would say this, you know what God does? God selects what the world rejects. That's why I'd love for you to know, I think David would want to encourage you and I that God selects what the world rejects. See, I want you to know that your age 
your position, your status in life, where you come from, where you are in the family pecking order does not determine God's ability to use you. That God wants to use you. And David, right then and there, is anointed the future king of Israel to lead God's people. I love that God selects what oftentimes the world will reject. But this is what I also want you to understand. Is that David had a responsibility in this as well. See, if David hadn't have been in the field keeping sheep like his father had asked him to, they wouldn't have been able to find him and bring him to the house. Right, you got to understand that. Like, like if David hadn't been in the field, if he just kind of wandered off and just kind of let the sheep do their own thing, doing something that he would look at maybe sometimes and say, oh, this is really insignificant. Like, this is silly watching these crazy, stinky sheep. Like, I, I'm going to go and do my own thing. You know what they couldn't have done? They couldn't have shot him a text message and been like, yo, bro, come to the house. Like, that wouldn't have happened. That, that was not a, a way that they could do that. But they found David. What did they find him doing? The very basic thing that his father had asked him to do. So what David could have, should have, might have, or would have perceived as being insignificant was the exact thing that God was looking for when he was looking for the king to lead the next people of Israel. So I want you to understand, here's David, newly appointed king, future king of Israel. But you've got to understand, he was the future king of Israel. It wasn't at that very moment that he was becoming king. So many years later, what begins to happen is uh, it would be many years before he would actually put the crown of being king on. And what I love about David is this fact that David didn't go and get like, uh, uh, like, like fitted for a king suit. Come on, somebody. You know, if your boy was uh, the next future king, I'm going to the tailor shop. Come on, somebody, right? I'm going to get a nice suit. I'm going to get some nice cufflinks. I'm going to do whatever I can to let people know I'm the king, right? I'm the future king. He didn't go. He didn't start practicing his king wave. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't practicing that, right? He didn't go try crowns on his head, right? He didn't do any of those things. He didn't sign kingly autographs. No, what do we see David do according to Scripture? You know what David does? He goes back and does the very thing that he was called to do at that moment, back into the field, back into the sheepfold, back into taking care of the sheep until one day. Somebody shout, one day. One day, Jesse, his dad, asks him to do something for him. Watch what happens. One day, his dad gives him the assignment. Hey, Jess, hey David. I, I, I think this assignment gets looked over so many times in all of Scripture. And I think it's, again, this is the moment where the whole story of David and Goliath almost didn't happen. And what I want you to see is that everybody knows about David going to battle and running out. And what we read today, we all know that story for the most part, running down, killing Goliath. But again, I want us to see a, a snippet of the story that you may have read over that I think is so important. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17 as well. Verse 17, it says this, one day, somebody shout one day again. Not again, just shout, shout one day. Okay, one day, Jesse said to David, hey David, listen, I need you to take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give them these cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. So, so, so. Ultimately, what Jesse's asking David, he's saying, hey, David, listen, I know, I know you weren't invited to, like, the big party for our family and stuff, but, like, I need you to go check on your brothers. I need you to go make sure they're good. Like, go, go, go check on them, and then come back and report to me how good they are, right? I want you to go serve them, and I want you to come back and tell me how everything is going. And I'll just be honest, if all of us would be honest together, how many of us would be, uh, like me, ultimately, I feel like, that if I was David, I'd be like, uh-uh-uh. <clears throat> Excuse me, 
Right, right, like, excuse me, do you know, I, Jesse, I, Dad, you must have forgot who you was talking to, right? Like, like, I wouldn't probably do that with my dad, right? He slapped me, he was have something else for me, okay? But, like, if you could just, on the inside, you know what we have been like? You know what? Does he know who he's talking to? Am I the only sinner in the room where y'all be the same way, right? Okay, like, like, does he know who he's talking to? Like, I am the future king of Israel. I have a big-time job coming my way that changes our family. And he is wanting me. I don't have time to go run these little errands. I don't have time to do all that. My brothers, the same dudes that didn't even tell me about the biggest day in our family's history, and you want me, Dad, to go and serve them? But watch this. This was the test to see if David was willing to do the basic things. If David was willing, see the story would have stopped right there if David would have said no to the basic things. You know why? It was on the other side of him saying yes to the basic thing that he had the opportunity to run into battle and kill Goliath. But if he was not willing to do the small thing, I just believe he would have never had the opportunity to do the big thing down the road. And this is what I think David, if he could say anything to us as he comes onto the track, I think he would have to say this. I want you to write this down. Is that the basic makes way for the big. It's that the basic makes way for the big. The thing that you think is so insignificant, that's so little, that's so behind the scenes, the basic thing is the exact thing that God is looking for when he's looking to advance his mission. And that's just where I want to take just a second and acknowledge so many people that serve and lead and give of themselves behind the scenes here at Purpose Church. See, I want you to know that a lot of times we'll get the credit because we stand on a stage and do all of that. But guess what? The, the way that this place has grown, the, the hours and, and, and time and talent and investment of people that never step foot on this stage is what I just want to honor for just a second. That the, some, sometimes may seem like it's basic, uh, uh, unimportant it seems like sometimes. The mundane, the everyday things are the exact things that God is looking for when he's looking to advance his church. And so I just want to shout out the Purpose Church Serve Team. That week in, week out. Come on, do you love our serve team? Can we give it up for them? They may never hold a microphone in their hand, but I'm telling you, there's things that they're doing, prayers that they're praying, teams that they're leading, people that they're serving. And I just want to shout out everybody that has said, you know what, I'm willing to say whatever it takes, God. The basic thing, I'm willing to do it because I believe on the other side of saying yes to the basic are big things that God is waiting for to, to open up. And I just believe that so much. See, you and I need to understand that our obedience now to the basic things is directly tied to the big things later on. See, how in the world can God use us to kill giants if we're not willing to follow simple instructions that he's given us right now? See, I think about it. If David was never willing to say yes to the simple things, then he would never have seen the supernatural things take place. See, David was willing to do the basic daily mundane things like, you know what, tending sheep on the backside of a mountain where nobody was watching. Right? He was willing to say, you know what, I'm going to run errands for my dad because my dad asked me to do it. I'm going to submit. I'm going to honor. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it no matter what. Oh, 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 David was willing to do the basic things like killing a lion and tiger and bear, oh my, with his bare hands when nobody was watching, right? And what I think about that, what I think about this story is that many times David was willing to do the basic, mundane, behind-the-scenes things before he ever had a chance to kill Goliath in front of a bunch of people. And I think so many times what happens is our own, in our own life is that many times we pray, God, would you do something big with us? 
Which I want our faith to be our reaction. I want us to be big faith people. I want us to think, you know what, God, you're going to do some incredibly big things with our church. And I just want to challenge some of us today, though, that guess what? Let's pray for big things, but let's not neglect the basic things in the middle of praying for the big things. Right? Because God is asking us when the, the Bible tells us over and over again, it shows us example after example, when we are obedient, when we are diligent to take care of the basics, the small things, that's what actually leads way to the big things down the road. See, let me encourage you, a basic devotional time every single day where you spend time getting in the Word of God, it may not seem like it's Instagram worthy, it may not seem like it's perfect, but guess what that's doing? That's creating something on the inside of you, a hunger, a, a thirst for more of God, and I believe on the other side of you doing that basic devotional time where you're saying, yes, God, I'm going to carve out some time where I'm hearing from you, I'm listening to you, I'm listening to what your, your Word says, I believe the basic of that is gonna, on the other side of that are going to be big eye-opening things that God wants to show you and teach you. I believe that a basic act of generosity or kindness makes a, a, a way for a big blessing that God wants to give you, wants to show you. A basic act of being involved in a local church. Again, I encourage you, man, jump on the serve team. Be a part of what God is doing even behind the scenes at Purpose Church. And again, come to next today. Great time for you to be at church this afternoon. Come on back. We'll feed you some lunch and some sheet cake. We'll have a good time together. But again, getting plugged into the local church, getting plugged into the local body, I believe when you do that makes way for big relationships, big friendships, big connections that God wants to link you up with. See, a basic uh, boy listening to the, the act of his dad to go and serve his brothers led to a big life-changing moment that launched David into his destiny as the future king of Israel. So what I want to challenge us with, and this is what I want to land the plane on, if, if David could come and he could encourage any of us today, if he can encourage you on the track of this thing called faith, yes, God selects what the world rejects. Yes, you need to understand that the basic makes way for the big, but you also need to understand that obedience now leads to opportunities later. Obedience now leads to opportunities later. See, I want to challenge some of us. Don't ever let the devil convince you that where you are in your life right now and what you're doing doesn't matter. Because God wants to use you. That your obedience right now is a way bigger deal than you think. And so my question for you as, as your pastor is to encourage you, hey, what small, basic, behind-the-scenes, mundane, something that just seems kind of, oh, oh, that's just basic, what is God asking you to do that may be basic, mundane, behind the scenes that you need to be obedient now to that ultimately will lead to opportunity later? I just think you've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, the basic thing, I'm going to do it. I'm not too good for it. I'm willing to do whatever you call me to do, like that basic thing that you're asking me to be obedient with now. Okay, God, yes, I'm going to read my Bible. I, I'm going I'm to listen to your word. I'm going to listen to that. That's a basic thing. Yes, God, I, you know, I hear you saying change your friends. I, I, I'm going to change my friends, some people I'm around because the influence that they're on me is, is not driving me towards God. It's pulling me away from God. I, I hear you, God. I'm going to be obedient to, to get some accountability to what I look at on my phone. I, I hear you, God. I hear you, I, I hear you saying, hey, obedient being now, if you're in a dating relationship, that you need to break up with him or her. Come on, somebody, right? Some of you need to be obedient now to that. 
because it leads to opportunities later on. Whatever it is, that basic thing, not going there this weekend, not texting them back the way that you thought you should, right? Not, not reacting the way that you should at work, getting in a community around you that helps keep you accountable. What are the basic things right now that God is asking you and I to do that if we will say yes to the basic, the yes to the obedience now, at least a big opportunity later. See, I think David would say, hey, listen, God accepts what the world rejects. I think you've got to understand that the basic makes way for the big, and that obedience now leads to opportunity later. And ultimately, every time that we gather together, what I want to do is just make sure that I'm building your faith to understand that all of this points to Jesus. At the end of the day, all of this points to Christ. All of this points to Jesus and the fact that, guess what? Jesus even understood this principle of obedience now leads to opportunities later. You follow from David all the way to Jesus. Jesus understood this idea that, you know, saying yes to something now leads to an opportunity later. Watch what Jesus said yes to. That was a big deal for you and I. You know what it was? It was him going to the cross. Look at what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. It tells us this. It says, though that he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. But watch what it says. Instead, Jesus gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in what? In this, come on, we're going to say this word together on three. In what? One, two, three. Obedience, right? He was obedient now. Jesus was obedient. He humbled himself in obedience to God. And watch what it says. He died a criminal's death on a cross. And then watch what happens. Therefore, there's that word again, right? Therefore, what's it there for? It's connecting what we just read to what's after it. So, so, so let, me, let me encourage us uh, really quick again. If Jesus was obedient, therefore, watch what happened. Obedient, therefore, God elevated the, uh, him to the place of highest honor and gave Jesus the name that is above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen to me. Do not neglect the basic today. There's a good chance waiting on the other side of your obedience now. There's a big opportunity on the other side of that. And nobody demonstrated that better than Jesus himself. And today, I just want you to understand that because Jesus was obedient to death on a cross, that guess what? His name is now the highest name that's ever been ever been said. His name is the name that cancer has to bow, that sin has to bow to, that's, that's, that's literally saying, oh, oh, okay. No, no, the name of Jesus is the thing that saves you. The name of what he did on the cross, how he died, he was obedient to death on the cross. And if you will call on that name and say, Jesus, I need you to save me. Jesus, I need you to come in my life. I need you to forgive me that he's faithful and just to do that. But guess what? It's all because Jesus was obedient. Say, you know what? I'm going to die in their spot. I'm going to die in Dustin's spot. And I believe that there's going to be an opportunity on the other side of me dying for a relationship with them. And that's the offer that Jesus is extending to you and I today. That guess what? There's some of you today that you need to be obedient and say, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus today. It may, be, it may seem basic for, for some people, but man, that's the first step of you uh, saying yes to Jesus is the first step of opportunities on the other side of that. Because you and I can spend our whole life searching and looking for things to satisfy us, but only Jesus can. 
only a relationship with Jesus can. So maybe you're in here, maybe you're listening online, maybe you're listening on the podcast, and you need to make that decision to be obedient now. And I believe it's going to lead to opportunities later. When you're obedient to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, guess what? Not only do you have an inheritance in heaven that's reserved for you, but I believe that Jesus, the Bible tells us, he came to give you life and give you life more abundantly. That doesn't mean that life's going to be perfect. It's all going to be good, hunky-dory all the time. But it does mean that no matter what you go through, you got somebody that walks through it with you. And he's never left you, never will leave you, never forsake you. That's the opportunity that you have in front of you. I'm going to ask you, how are you going to respond to that? Church, maybe you know Jesus. What's the basic thing that he's asking you to do that you know you need to say yes to? That the Holy Spirit has been pushing on your heart today. Oh, man, I knew I was supposed to do that. I know I know I was supposed to reach out to them. I know I was supposed to forgive. I know, oh, it's basic. I know I was supposed to say I'm sorry. Oh, I, oh, I know I was supposed to start serving. Oh, I know what's the basic thing that you need to say yes to now that God is calling you to. That on the other side of that, man, watch as God can do what only he can do. I just believe that to be so true. And I want to ask you, if you're in this room, maybe you need to give your heart to Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Everybody in here. See, we need to understand that, again, Jesus, nobody modeled it better than Jesus. He was obedient, the Bible says, to death on a cross. Why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to go to a cross? What, what is significant about the cross? You know what's significant about it? Is that there had to be a punishment, a payment made for yours and my sin. There had to be a payment made had to be an exchange of, okay, there's sin, there has to be a pay. Just like, like going to the, the, the grocery store. And you go to the grocery store and you get these things where you have to make an exchange of those things for the money that you pay for it. I want you to understand that that's the same way that happened with our sin. That there has to be a payment for it. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Because the Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, without, without something dying in our spot, there is no forgiveness of sin. So what I want you to see is that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, lived a life that you and I could not live, and he died a death that we deserved, but he went to the cross instead for you and me. The Bible tells us that if anybody who calls on that name, that name of Jesus, if anybody will say, hey, Jesus, I want you to come in my life, save me. I believe they buried you after you died. I believe you got out of the grave. I believe you died for my sins, and I put my faith and trust in you. The Bible says that if anybody will do that, you'll be saved. So maybe you're here and you need to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I kind of just said a, just a, a prayer, but I, I want you to mean it in your heart. If you need Jesus in your life today, if you need Jesus to save you, I want you to just respond to Jesus by praying this, something like this, doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Say something like this, Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? Forgive me of my sins. Let me live for you from this day forward put my trust in you, I exchange your life for mine, I exchange your forgiveness for my sin, thank you for dying for me, be the Lord of my life today, in Jesus name, maybe that's you, maybe that's you in this place, and you say, you know what, I have, I just prayed to receive Jesus, I just prayed and said, I need Jesus to come in my life, and I need Jesus to save me, listen, there is not a better decision that you have made in your life than saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. So I want to ask you, we have an incredible team that's here that would love nothing more than to know. I want to know that you just made that decision. And we want to do whatever we can to make sure we're following up with you today. And so if you're here and you say, you know what, I just prayed to receive Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. 
And I'm not going to send you on like a 48 different progression, but I'm asking you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to say, hey, raise my hand and say, I just prayed to receive Jesus. If that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Christ, would you just raise your hand? Would you drop it right back down? Would you raise your hand and drop it right back down? Awesome. Awesome. If that's you and you're in this room and you just rose your, you just raised your hand up and said, hey, you know what? I just gave my life to Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Some of you in here that, that need to take another step. I know it sounds a little crazy. Yes, you raised your hand, but we're going to ask you to take another step. Will you let somebody know? Would you let somebody know here in just a few minutes? We got some incredible people up on either side of the stage. We'd love to talk to you about what this relationship looks like. If that's something, not a way that you feel like you need to let somebody know, here I'm going to ask you to do this. If you just made a decision to follow Jesus, if you would just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Either way, you can let our friends know up here on either side of the stage. You can actually do that or you can text us and let us know that you made that decision to follow Jesus. I'm just so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. We can't wait to celebrate you. Can't wait to walk through this next season of your life. The best, best decision that you've ever made to say yes to Jesus. And so I love that so much. Let me pray for you. And then we're going to continue our service by giving in just a second. But let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today, God. We honor you. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for who you are, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you've forgiven us. Thank you that, that even through the life of David, that he would tell us that, God, thank you for choosing the things that the world might reject. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for using us, God. We want to be vessels in your hand. We want to just be used by you. We are tools in your hand, God. We are tools in your toolbox. Use us however you want to use us, Lord. We love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Why don't we do this? Can we stand up on our feet and can we give God all the glory, honor, and praise today that he deserves? Come on, give it up for King Jesus. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.